Best friend hood. Best friend. 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 You're my best friend. You're my best friend. Best friend hood. And a one and a two and a one, two, three. And a three and a four and a sixty-nine four twenty. That was good. <laughs> I know. Okay. Hey friends. Hey. That's Melissa. And that is Jake. And, and this, this is Best, best Friend Hood. Beep boop beep boop beep boop beep boop beep. Beep 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 boop. Wow, that was rather uh not menacing, but No, it was menacing. <laughs> kind of was i went into a minor key you did because we got some minor things to talk about major things to talk about major things in a minor key yes because sometimes life does hit a minor key yeah yeah um like 24 hours ago 2024 hours ago i want to be asleep there's some huge things happening in the world that started today and we don't quite know what those things will lead to no but from the press meetings and the interviews that i've watched and listened to it's they're calling it a relatively short thing but in that set like months months well at the short end possibly Possibly, but they also said that about the pandemic. And right. I would like to offer a gentle reminder that back in, I think, 2014, something very similar happened without quite the full-blown invasion, but the annexation of Crimea. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't the first. So, friends, we're talking about the invasion that Russia has made on Ukraine. And you know us. We are here to be uplifting and supportive, and we are not geopolitical experts. By any means, and nor are we, um, what do I want to say, like a hot topic news? No, God, no. We're not a news source. We really try to be universally timely, not, I don't know what, I don't know how to describe that elsewise, like uh, on topic with day-to-day news things. But this is huge, and I think this is, at least in my adult, adult life, one of the first times when I can truly understand mm-hmm. what's going on mm-hmm. and the repercussions of it. Because other th- huge events that have happened in the past, I was a little bit too young to fully understand Yeah, what it meant. Yeah, well said. That, like, I remember when... 9-11 happened and we were 13, 14 years old. You know, we were children who were forced to watch this attack. We were children. Mm-hmm. And our teachers said, stop all of your routine, stop all of your consistency and watch this horrifying event. And as much for them as it was also for us. Correct. To bear witness. Correct. To me, this is like... So after 9-11, you know, the U.S., we went to war on terror, as Fox News and other certain outlets proclaimed it. 
we were on a war on terror and it was never really a war that had a clear definitive end it was just fighting terrorism without a clear end game like you can't ever end terrorism and a part of that is the oversight of the domestic terrorists that have propagated and we see them today they are a thing without violating certain things that I cannot violate. There are domestic terrorist cells that are known. We all know that. We've seen them in the news. Yes. We know people who went and did things. And also, I... mm -hmm. Social media is a breeding ground for these things as well. We know that we kind of talked about this too in our social media episode. True. The... The fact that Russia has apparently made this aggressive step toward Ukraine, and I don't know what that means. Again, I'm not a political scientist. Mm -hmm. I follow global politics pretty closely because I find it fascinating. I find it interesting. I used to be a poli-sci major. Not that that means a goddamn thing. That's like saying, I took a Psych 101 class and now I'm a psychologist. But it's Um, also the world that we live in. And everything is interconnected. And everything with the internet is amplified. Yes. I don't know what this means, but it feels like what has happened is a precursor to what the old 80s movies of the Cold War era of Russia taking an aggressive stance leads to. I know that I have not seen a lot of movies. We commonly joke about that, and most of the time it is a joke. 99% of the time, that's a joke. But I have seen enough, and I know enough about the world, and about media, and about propaganda, to know that the Cold War never truly ended it just became colder and the u.s got distracted and we did other things and now here we are faced with an aggressive attack by another superpower for the first time in my generation's life where in our generation's lifespan the u.s has been the aggressor And I don't feel good saying that. We were the ones that went into Iraq and Iran and Afghanistan on the hunt for these terrorist cells. However, for the first time since World War II-ish, I'm not a historian. Don't come at me. This is my understanding of the world. For the first time in decades, another major superpower has taken a graft an aggressive stance towards another country where the world is looking around going, who's going to help this smaller country against this larger country? And it's kind of frightening. And so in a frightening time, in the midst of a fucking pandemic, in the midst of all of the other shit that we have going on, between union busting and unions trying to raise up and employees in the U.S. 
fighting for their rights and their dignity and their worth and all of us trying to declare that we deserve certain cares like health care there is so much happening and now for this aggression around the globe to happen where does that leave us and it's been so anytime there is physical aggression on any sort of level it's difficult because we've been taught that you fight with words you solve issues with words you don't fight with violence. Right. We've there always been taught There is a base in, level in of US. respect. Yes. It, oh, the bully is beating the shit out of you? Use your words to tell them to stop. Right. Until you can't anymore. Diplomacy for children on the school ground only goes so far. So eventually those children grow up and no longer believe in the power of words. Possibly. I. So for me, when we were batting this idea around really i was because i was watching different videos um and there are reporters who are there on the scene right Mm -hmm. but living in the age that we do there are also people who send in pictures and videos of what they are experiencing in the moment Mm -hmm. we Mm -hmm. see what somebody else's eyes are living in the moment we can in these scary scary things Mm-hmm. And my heart immediately went to those people who, yes, yes, we've been talking about how this is going to be a possibility and like it's almost imminent. But none of us want to believe that it's actually going to happen, right? Nobody wants to think that. Mm-hmm. And these people lifetimes. who are like there was this like stream of vehicles that were trying to get into Poland anywhere mm-hmm. safe, because if you look at a map, there is nowhere in Ukraine that is safe. The places that have already been attacked today all across that country. Mm-hmm. And there was a woman that they highlighted on the news. She was a little bit older. She didn't have any family. She had nowhere else to go. And so she was just weeping. And somebody asked her, like, why are you crying? And she said, why wouldn't I cry? I have nowhere to go. I have no one to be with. I don't know what to do. Where will I be safe? My heart and it's and the thing of it is that's so absolutely like, yes, this is a fresh new example of this. But there have been stories where, you know, we're talking about people who are true victims of crime and true people who need a safe place to go, who have been stuck at the border, living in squalor with their children, who if they go back where they came from, they will be murdered. Not just them, their children, their grandparents, their parents. The whole family. They will be murdered. There are so many people in need of respite, of sanctuary, of somewhere safe to be. And this is just another example of how just existing isn't possible for some people. Just existing safely, quietly, and doing the best that you can. Well, and I would like to add that what you just said, that explains so much of what happens. Any refugees from anywhere. Yes. Just because they're refugees, put yourself in that position. There are countless people. They're just trying to live, man. They want to live. They want their children to, to be happy and healthy not f- fucking feel scared 
to Do you not- remember that video? It was a father with his four-year-old child. And while bombs were going off, he made it into a game so that his little child would not be frightened. He had to make constant bombings into a game. And that... We shouldn't have to, and we shouldn't allow others to live in that constant fear for somebody else's gain that we are disposable. And this is something that we know that Russia is not afraid to do, to just dispose of civilians if needed, because it's easy. What I'm I'm getting amped up, what I'm trying to get at, is why we were talking about this as a subject in the realm of best friendhood. In my mind originally, I wanted to talk about how to be a friend through scary and hard times, which, you know, honestly, at the beginning of the pandemic, when there were so many things that were unknown and it was scary, there were scarcities of toilet paper, of rubbing alcohol, of some food, mm-hmm. you know, and I remember you and I were talking for my job. Mm-hmm. I had to carry around a piece of paper just in case we weren't allowed to leave our homes. Right. To be allowed to leave your home to go to your job. My job. That is an emergency service. Yeah. You know, so that's something that I kind of had in mind. And then what I loved is that you also proffered this kind of bigger idea that even though we aren't directly affected, we are, we could still be, we could still show up perhaps, you know, in friendship isn't the right way to say it, but definitely in solidarity in humanhood, humanhood. With, with friends we've not met and may never. And I know that there's there's usually, usually we are good as humans when there is a, say, a tornado, an unexpected one that rips through a community, when there's a huge flood that happens, when there's another uh, storm where people are, are horrendously suffering. suffering. We usually pick up Our when there's a tsunami, instinct. you know, like, and we, we try to come together and try to help out. Our we gut do. instinct is to help. The thing, and it, I mean, honestly, and I get it, because after a while, like that suffering hasn't ended, but our aid kind of falters or slims away. Because we become desensitized to it. Because Correct. it becomes the norm, because it no longer feels urgent. Right. Even though for the people in that mode, it is urgent. It is life and death. It is being uprooted from everything that you've ever found normal. Anything that was actually you considered yours. I was watching people who this morning had to pack things into their suitcases, one suitcase per person, and they were walking, rolling it through the streets. And it's not the first time we've seen people have to do this. It's not. But it's just, it it hurts my my being so much to see it again and again and again. And this time, especially because we've been talking about it, like how it's imminent, how it's imminent, how it's imminent. And I know everyone is trying to do their best and what what they can do to help, but also maintain what they need to for themselves. I understand that. There's not a perfect reaction to this. I just hate that it's something that happens and that there are so many innocent people and like i said like i know that this is not the only time and there are a ton of atrocities that constantly go on every single day but another one we this is another one to add to the list and i'm just it's sad and i'm frustrated and i'm angry genocides happening in parts of the world 
There are so re-education many. camps where three gener it's a three generation rule they get tossed into. For me, it, it is a conglomeration of some of the terrors that people are trying to escape in certain areas of South America. There are people in everywhere. There are people in certain countries in Africa. There are people in certain areas all over the globe. And for me, this feels like the straw on the camel's back. Like these horrible, horrible atrocities have been happening to so many people. And now here we are yet again happening yet again from a superpower to a small country yet again. And I know that our country is not innocent. And this isn't about nations. Like this, for me, this is about humans. For me, it is both. I, I can, I try to hold in my mind the racial and systemic system problems that contribute. But at the end of the day, People are dying and people have been dying for a long time. And I maybe we fucked up. Like maybe we should have been talking about those other things before. I don't know. That's not what we wanted this to be. We want no, this to be. Because the world is so shitty. We out. needed a place that felt safe. And, and this comforting. is the fucking like. Yes. Yeah. And maybe that's white privilege on our part that white people in, in Ukraine are being attacked by white people. Like, I'm trying to balance so many things. I'm trying mm -hmm. to balance an I awareness can hear and feel that, that from you. Yeah. That people in the southern hemisphere have been suffering and trying to escape that suffering for so long and now all of a sudden people in the northern hemisphere, people in Ukraine, people in Europe have this assault going on. But these kinds of assaults have been happening consistently Which for a long said, fucking time yes yes and we are not minimizing that and like i said this is just another one we have to add another one on another fucking one more suffering in this world is not what we need to me where i'm feeling like as a white person it's like we're trying to protect and help people all across like i know that's white savior bullshit Bad things are happening all around the globe. Why do we suddenly make... Why do we care? The because people are dying. And yes. this is what... Here's the thing. I, I, I have it. I have it. I have the words now. The U.S. wants to be a lot more than it is. And there are filters through which we, as regular nobodies, as hear regular the news. Because... Don't say nobody's. Thank you. We as regular people are made aware of what's happening in the world. And it is so filtered and it is so siphoned. Can be. We only are able to be aware of what's going on through specific avenues. And so this attack of Russia on Ukraine feels like and is an imminent threat. I guess what I'm trying to say is people have been suffering around the globe and we see your suffering. I'm sorry that that there's not more that Melissa and I can't do for that. And also, and also, and also.
We are but human. We are but two people. We are more than two people. We are but two people with microphones and very big hearts that hope that we can inject and distribute and share peace and love. I don't know. I get frustrated because it just feels like for how... Because you are absolutely right. We built and do this podcast to try to help not only give a moment's respite from the crazy world and the negativity that seems rather prevalent just in day-to-day things. And with what's going on, it's another weight on that side of the scale when it just feels so hollow and empty on the other side. Here we are fully aware of what's happening around the world and yet what's happening within our own country feels like a powder keg there's so much and the other i feel like this can go in five different sub-subjects at this very moment but one thing that i'm going to say i'm going to have another bitch moment just right now one thing that bothers me so much when something so huge happens instantly new facebook profile let's put the little sticker on there let's put the filter on there and i appreciate mm-hmm. and here it is mm-hmm. i understand and appreciate that it's bringing awareness and showing support i understand that and i appreciate that aspect but it's so it doesn't actually so, help it's so subpar surface level it's so self-serving get on a social train to me it's self-serving look at my new profile picture I care. look how cute i am I that care. i care and granted like at the moment this is literally it's less than been less than 24 hours there's not a whole lot that we know what to do with yet and this is getting back to what and i yet, really that's wanted this the problem of facebook is we have this conditioned response every time there's something like fucking bombing, pride or uh, the paris bombing or the london bombing there's a new fucking facebook filter for good or for ill either showing is. support for pride and what are you actually doing to support pride what are you actually doing to support trans children who legislators are trying to ab- that's a yep. different and this is what i was saying like we're, we're gonna go in different spaces with your little Facebook profile, raising awareness circle, you know it's it's great. There's yeah, we all know, we see it in the news. Take an action beyond upping your Facebook likes, beyond drawing attention to your own Facebook profile picture. Oh, I got a new picture. Look how cute I am. Let me put this fucking frame. I'm cussing a blue streak and I'm not even sorry because I'm so angry about it because I've felt this for years. Yeah. And now it's coming to a head that for years, Facebook frames, their little things around your profile picture have been, you have an option to do it for 24 hours, seven days, or a month. What serves your profile best? How could we best serve you? And how can we best make money off of you? Yeah. Oh, Ukraine was just attacked by Russia. Here, let's put a blue and gold ukrainian flag filter gently transparent with a nice little lilt in it over your profile picture would you like to do that for 24 hours seven days or a month how has that actually helped anyone in ukraine how has that actually helped anyone who is trying to flee the areas that russia is attacking it doesn't and people is- already know what's going on Hopefully. 
And if they don't, I'm not even so, going to go into that. Right. And what you were saying when you were asking that question, what does that do? That's This is where I was actually thinking about, no, do not apologize for telling me how you are feeling, for working through your thoughts. Never apologize for that. What is it that we can do to actually help? How do we help through the hard shit? How can we? How can we offer help? You know, and I think it's kind of two-sided. And I think maybe we could take a quick break and kind of brainstorm a little bit and also calm down a little bit because I'm fucking jazzed right now. I am amped. And I also have some resources. Okay. Because as we kind of said earlier, to reach out and help. And and we really, like we, you and I, we hit on so many different people who need assistance. And this is another one. So in my brain, what I... If you are okay with it, talking about emergency modes that we can do to help, emergency programs that we can help. And then I also want to bring it back home. Like when hardship happens close to you or close to a friend or a family member, how we can be helpful there. How we can offer mutual aid. Yes. Does this sound okay? Yes. Okay. Yeah, let's take a break. Um I don't think I've ever yelled in a microphone before, but I just I should did. not have turned both of us up earlier. No, we didn't need that. I'm well, literally friends doing some, you're grounding. some grounding exercises and some taps because this upsets me so much. This Something that I noticed when I got upset just, you know, moments earlier, I felt like the top of my brain fuzz and go numb. Hey, I can explain that. I'm wondering if you could. I got so emotionally activated. Me too. My brain went away. I'll explain that after the break. I don't want to explain that. Actually. I'm like, you can explain it to me personally. I don't think we, we have other things that are important that we can talk about. Yeah. We'll come you could just tell that. me about that. Okay. Yep. In fact, we could have an episode about that probably about yeah, let's how to help a friend through when our brain emotions. Yes. Ooh, that's a good. I should write that down because especially right now, my brain will not remember that. Nope. The look you just gave me. Did you like that? I did. Were you frightened? I was. I was like, <laughs> I didn't even do anything other than speak my mind loudly and clearly about how I feel about American politics. World politics. Let's be honest. That first part of this episode, I think we all got kind of emotional because there are some very emotional things happening in the world. And I would just like to remind you that even though there are a lot of things happening that are beyond your control, there are even more things happening within your control. So in this episode, and hopefully find some peace in the chaos and find some ways that we can actually do something to support each other and to support people who may or may not be halfway around the world. So I know, Melissa, during the break, you spent some time finding ways to offer assistance or aid. Yeah. Um, what have you found? There is a plethora of some really great options out there. Um, and actually, I'm just going to kind of run through this list that I found, if you're cool with that. Yeah, please do. So here are some ways to help Ukrainian citizens, including recommendations from people on the ground in Ukraine. 
If you want to donate medical supplies, there is Razum for Ukraine, and Razum meaning together in Ukrainian. It's a volunteer charity that was originally founded back in 2014 to support Ukrainians after Russia annexed Crimea. Crimea. Uh, there's United Help Ukraine, which is a nonprofit volunteer organization that receives and distributes donations, medical supplies, and, fu- and food to Ukrainian refugees, people on the ground, and supports families who have lost loved ones during the war. Uh, we're going to have links, links. to all of these okay. in the description and also on our uh, socials. All right. I'm so, with you. Go for it. Thank you. Because there's what I love is that there's so many to go through. Got it. Okay. Thank you, though. Uh, fundraising for Sunflower of Peace. It is a fundraiser also aims to provide first aid backpacks to paramedics and doctors on the front lines. Uh, Revived Soldiers Ukraine is a nonprofit which um, provides medical aid to Ukrainian soldiers and provides support to their families. If you want to help the children affected by the war, there is Voices of Children, which helps provide psychological and psychosocial support to children affected by armed conflict to help support journalists. There's the Kiev Independent who asks for their, they have a GoFundMe and a Patreon, which helps their English language media. Additional ways to help, you can donate to Nova Ukraine. It's their Heart to Heart initiative, which assembles care packages for people. Donate to the International Committee of the Red Cross, which will provide humanitarian relief. Army SOS, which provides food and other support directly to those troops. Uh, there's also United Help Ukraine, which distributes medical supplies, food, and donations to refugees and people on the ground. USA for UNHCR to provide emergency aid to children, women, and men displaced by violence. And the last one that I've got is Come Back Alive, which is a local organization which the Kiev Independent has suggested donating to, supports the Ukrainian military by offering supplies, protection, training, and psychological support to their soldiers. So these are all ways that you can help from where we are. And again, we're going to have links to these. In the show notes and on our different social media feeds. Yes. Thank you. Melissa, for reading those. There are so many things happening in the world all of the time, and I think at times it can feel overwhelming. So when we are able to contribute, we can and we should. So if you are able, if you find yourself in a place that you can, let's try and support democracy, which seems like a lofty ideal to some, and yet is something that so many places are striving to achieve. And if helping out, you know, in in these ways is something, well, at least for me personally, I think it's going to help because it's like a a helplessness that I feel. So these are ways that we know that we can do something, do something. One thing that you had mentioned earlier when we were taking a quick break um, was mutual aid. Mm-hmm. And when you started talking about it, you asked if you could share, you know, your knowledge of it. And I thought that is a terrific idea. And I think it's a great way to kind of wrap up this portion of this episode. Mm-hmm. And I think it's going to be a great asset to when we talk about how to help. Because I know earlier we said, <laughs> let's talk about how to help a friend or a family member through hardship in this episode. But I think that's going to be a terrific whole other topic, a whole that other needs episode. To be a different day. But I think if we talk about mutual aid now that might be a good way to help wrap up this one i agree thank you Mm. so my 
and knowledge of mutual aid is by no means all-encompassing. What I know about mutual aid is that when when people come together on a person-to-person basis and we provide services and care for each other, it's often much faster than certain services that are supposed to help us that get caught up in red tape and bureaucracy. When I first learned about the concept of mutual aid was in the 2020 Black Lives Matters protests, and people began administering mutual aid. On a small scale, what it meant was bringing a first aid kit or ways to combat tear gas and rubber bullets and the things that certain groups would use against people who were advocating for the rights and the dignity of marginalized groups. That was my first awareness of mutual aid. My awareness of mutual aid has grown, and in a lot of places in the U.S., it has become or already was a way to find rent support, a way to find money for groceries or food banks or things like that. Essentially, mutual aid is bypassing the bureaucracy and the red tape of certain social services and supporting each other in the way that you can. So if somebody needs 50 bucks to pay for their insulin and you've got 10, and four other people have 10 bucks, mutually you come together and give that $10 so that person can have insulin to live for the next 30 days. And hopefully we can do that again. Mutual aid means providing first aid. Mutual aid means using your skills and your knowledge to provide betterment of the people around you in your local community. Right, to assist your community. It is all about helping where you can, because so often we find ourselves in these places where there are these, like we've talked about all evening, global con, uh, global conflict, conflict. Thank you. That's the word. There are these global conflicts where we feel so powerless and we feel so helpless and yet on a person-to-person basis, we can still help our neighbor. For those of you who subscribe to Christianity, I would dare say that Jesus would have been a full advocate for mutual aid. Love your neighbor as you love thyself. Feed your neighbor. Feed the stranger that knocks at your door. Take care of each other. That is the heart of mutual aid. And I think that's also part of living in a society is... Certainly that help, that support, that respect that we give to everyone should be giving to everyone because no life is any grander than another. No life is any less than any other. Every life. And everybody has ups and downs. Everybody falls on times when they need help. And it is difficult to ask for help. So when somebody does, think how dire it must be. Mm -hmm. So... To bring it back all together, and I think one one other thing that I did want to say is, uh, you know, earlier in this episode, we talked about how when we built this, when we started this podcast, we did it because we wanted to have that moment of respite, this safe space, this kind place. And yes, I do. I believe that Jake and I 
live that life on a daily basis and we strive to agreed and i think that it's also a moment of vulnerability and humanness that we shared today in this episode and i'm not going to be embarrassed about it nor am i i I got fired up there was emotion there was anger there was frustration there was sadness and i think that this is something that is real and it's also it's a part of life and hardships is hard shit and i think knowing that two people that thank you that you choose to listen to thanks again for not only tuning in for another week but for allowing us the space to be humans and to be frustrated and know that because of this topic that is so fresh jake and i haven't had time to talk about it with each other and we like this was the moment where we where we discussed it through it together and it will be something that goes on I mean, yeah. this is not a solitary discussion. No. Uh, for the podcast, I believe that it may be. Yes, I agree. Um, but definitely not between you and I. But as the world and the circumstances unfold, yes, you and I will have conversations. And I hope that our friends and our listeners are able to have those conversations with their friends and with yes. their family. And I bring that up because when we have talks like this, when we get emotional about things it helps us be better it helps us be those people that we talk about on this podcast it helps us be the people that we want to be out in the world to be kind and give space and be sincere these angry emotion most not necessarily angry but these emotion filled moments help us regulate into where we want to be they help us define our values while also regulating the anger regulating the sadness we are able to experience those things while in the safe connection with one another doesn't fix a damn thing and it doesn't make sense of a damn thing but we are reminded that we are not alone in our fear and our anger and our frustration just like in our other episodes where we are with each other in our joy and our glee Yes. our peace yes this is a part of a best friend hood that a best friend hood is not always skittles and rainbows but sometimes a best friend hood is anger is sadness is grief it's giving the space to feel and live those things and not allowing them to take over but giving them their due space mm-hmm. and working through it mm-hmm that's what's important to remember. That they, they do not consume us, but we have space for them because all feelings are valid and need their own due space. There's a reason why you feel them. Correct. So sit and with the them reason, for a moment. The reason, the fact that you feel that emotion makes that emotion valid. Because you are feeling that anger, rejection, sadness, happiness, joy, love, acceptance the fact that you feel that makes that feeling valid and you are valid because you exist so reminder all of those links will be in our description and also on our socials which p.s by the way on twitter and insta we are at bfh pod and if you need to vent if you want to share a story if you have a topic that you would like covered or suggestion or just want to say 
hey, cool, 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 tight, tight, tight. You can always email us because <laughs> we have that availability at bestfriendhoodpod at gmail.com. Go ahead, shoot us an email. Doesn't matter about what. We're here for you. Yep. Um, and we appreciate you interacting with us. Also, we do have a Patreon if you want to check it out. We're there. Patreon.com slash BFH pod. And we've got some beautiful artwork that is made by a kind and generous human being that we know and love. And her name is Jennifer Bate. Yes. Do you know what I just, I mean, I think about it every time that we say it, but do we need to continue to say what platforms people can listen to us on? Because honestly, they're listening. They're you know what listening. I mean? They, they know. Yeah. You know where to listen to us. You've already found it. This is going to be a shared edit. Mm-hmm. So it's rather We're passionate. We're going to do this together. Yeah. A passionate Usually episode. we take turns, but this one will be us together. Thelma and Louise style editing. Goddamn right. Driving <laughs> off that bridge. We're, we're gonna. Not bridge. We're gonna. Cliff. Honey. Yes. Um, and just a reminder, dear listener, remember that you are loved. And you are worth being loved. And we mean that. Till next week. Love, Love you. Bye. Uh, that's how I end it. <laughs>